Hello and welcome to episode 81 of TLDR Podcast. Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe Kobe scored 81 points a couple years back. I think it was in 2006, give or take. But so this is going to be the Kobe episode because Kobe is the goat of basketball, in my opinion. Hell that yeah. being said here, we do have two players of hockey who are not goats because one got ejected from his last game, which is a championship game. Tyler got ejected. Oh, who would have thought? Yeah. Like the most passive, skinniest, twiggish looking dude in the whole wide world got ejected from a hockey game. I think that's Tyler, what made me first, though. Well, yeah. Jesus. Well, technically, I didn't get ejected. Just um, the penalty I had exceeded the amount of time that was left in the game. So they were just like, you might as well just go go take a shower. They send you off. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, I, he's like, you could sit in the penalty box for the main of the game or you could just, you know, go to the locker room. So. Uh, yeah, obviously that was weird. Uh, that's never happened before. Um, it was a little bit combination at the time, you know, we were, we were losing to nothing and weren't playing great. So a little bit of frustration, a little bit of, um, uh, what's the word for, uh, urgency, trying to, trying to make hard plays and trying to, you know, score the puck for, 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 uh, our team. Um, obviously, you know, ran into the guy a little bit too hard, but at the end of the day, I was just trying to make a hockey play thought we we're playing hockey not croquet so the dude couldn't stay on his skates sorry about it um he's okay i initially i felt awful because it looked like he was he got pretty hurt but looks like he got up and, and skated and was fine so i'm glad the dude's okay number one but number two you know um yeah it was a it was a rough one i didn't feel great about it right after um by the end of the day like i was just trying to play hard hockey you know and uh played a little bit too hard so sometimes you get in trouble for playing a little too hard, just like you're a kid, right? So you get you get you get to go t- go to timeout. So it's kind of what happened. Tyler, if, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, when I was a, <clears throat> I was in high school hockey first year, um, first year when I came here, I would have been a junior. Um, I got suspended for a very similar type of play. Um, it was actually a really good hockey play. If anything, it may have been a uh, may should have been a um, two minute minor at worst. But the kid had his head down and I lit him the fuck up. And the unfortunate thing was the ambulance had to take him out, like take him out. Oh, yeah. And it was for that reason that I got um, I got ejected and I got suspended. But the funny thing was the president of our league came up to me and said, you, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't have been. Uh, you shouldn't have been suspended. But unfortunately, it's just because he kind of got hurt, which is kind of. I think has always been a bullshit call, like bullshit thing. Like, especially if, if, if I, you know, if you make a hockey play, like you did, it's, t- it's tough to say that you get a 10 minute major simply because he was down on the ice for, you know, three minutes, like, yeah. Or it was actually less than that. It just, yeah. he, he kind of milked it a little bit and he doesn't know how to skate very well. And that's not really your fault. Yeah. Um, but so I, I don't think you should, I, if anything, you probably could have got a two minute b- boarding penalty. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, no, I was, I did. I definitely boarded the fuck out of that guy, you know, no question. <laughs> like I probably should have gotten a penalty, but I, you know, I didn't think it was worth much more than that. No, um, not in, especially not in a championship game. Yeah. So it was a bummer. Like I, I didn't want to have that happen. And obviously I felt bad about it, but at the end of the day, I'm not apologizing for, how hard I skated because, you know, I think one thing, obviously we were disappointed that we lost a championship game, but I was not disappointed with how I played at the end of the day. Like I thought I played really good hard hockey that the, the, the whole time to the point where it got me kicked out of the game. So obviously can maybe rate it down 5% maybe. So I don't have, have that happen again, but um, I was pretty proud overall of the way I played. You know, I got, you know, two, a uh, couple good shots on that that didn't just quite 
make it in. But uh, yeah, it just sucks that we lost at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, that was a crazy experience. Never been ejected from anything in my life. So first time for everything, right? So if you guys haven't figured it out yet, the boys had a championship game and they're the first team, first place losers. <laughs> they did not get first. They got second. Yeah. But on a good note, Eric was there and Eric he was, that was super fun. I saw Eric for the first time in yeah. months. So He's that was alive. exciting. He's still around. And yeah. And then, but then he goes on to tell you James about the whole situation that night and then tells you that I got a five minute major for a simply hitting a guy that was like a two minute penalty. It felt like I was in there for five minutes, <laughs> but it was not a five minute major. Clearly yeah. Eric hasn't been listening to the podcast. Is he talking about the information uh, just going out the window? He's talking about the tripping penalty you got in the first period. Did they call it tripping on that? I think so. Oh, they wow. Okay. Uh, the guy know. did not call sure. the, the call the right thing. If anything, it was a rough. Oh, he called the rough. Called okay. the rough. Um, or I guess a rough. Because um, I did kind of like you. I was a little bit too aggressive. And in the middle of a championship game, you just wires are, diff- are just yeah. crossed differently. They're, they're, you know, everything's kind of going a different way. And, you know, you're going for a puck for you're going for a puck that's, you know, two feet in front of you. You're going to you're going to make contact. And yeah. The, the so, better skater always comes out on top. <laughs> which is us. We're the better skaters. So yes. suck that, Punishers. So what I'm hearing here <laughs> is that if you want to play hockey and want to play at a good level and actually play hockey, don't play beer league or don't play in the level that you're playing in. Play a, like a division higher, like the Silver League or whatever, not the Bronze League. If well, we, we, league, we are moving up we're, to, we're to moving up. Bronze League above. <laughs> so we're, we're going to be playing teams that are probably closer to our caliber across, across the board. Here's the reality of it, James. I have said that we could probably take on take on silver, but the skill gap between like we have a we have a solid amount of players, but we do have a lot of not so great players that get too much ice time, and simply because they're paying as much as we are. So I mean, it's it's got to be kind of even, but it's you're only as strong as your weakest link, and we have a few of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that game proved that. Yeah, because like their their weakest player was probably like our middle tier player. Yes. And in that league, like if you just have a couple of guys that are not great, which we probably have two or three that just are not good hockey players, it's going to cost you. Yeah, That's just does. the bottom line. It does. Yeah. Unless, um, yeah. unless our great players have like an amazing game, which yes. just didn't happen. Like, I think honestly, I don't think anyone had a great game, you know, mm-hmm. that it just was kind of flat for everybody. So um, is what it is. Talked a lot about hockey here. But yeah. we're going to take a pause from hockey and we're going to talk about NBA because we haven't talked about basketball in a very long time since Alex has not been here. But Tyler's going to take it on and do his magic with the NBA. So, Tyler, it's all you, man. Thanks, James. Yeah. So, I kind of feel a little guilty about not talking about basketball when it's in the middle of the season. I know I'm not the typical base, uh, basketball guy. Alex is our normal basketball guy, but he hasn't been around for a while. Um, and I figured we need to talk about it. NBA reached its uh, half, point, half point mark of the season. Uh, either last week or two weeks ago. Um, like I said, I'm not really paying that much attention, but <laughs> I did want to talk on, about man. it because I think a lot of people do care about basketball. Um, and I care about basketball too, you know, so I, I, I do watch it and I do pay attention. Um, not as much as some other sports, but I'm going to try and be a good basketball segment host here for you guys. So we're talking, I, I asked the boys to rank or to give us their biggest surprise of the first half of the NBA season, their biggest disappointment. And I wanted them to give us one bold prediction for the second half. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, so we're going to start with the biggest surprise. What is the biggest surprise so far of this NBA season? Traden, I know you love talking basketball. So what do you got? 
Yeah, man. <clears throat> you want to know what the biggest surprise of this season is, is the fact that the Eastern conference is deeper than the West. For, for so long, since I've even been on this podcast, we've had Alex come on and say, oh, the West is way stronger. The East is shit. Not so fast, sir. Not so fast. Not in 2021, 2022. You got as a, well before the, before the stats just got updated because the Knicks lost. I'll throw them in there just because they deserve it. Um, every there are 11 teams that are 500 and now the Knicks are not. So say 10 teams, 10 teams are, are, are above 500. Okay. Across the board. Sure. You got some, you got your weak links like the Pacers, the Pistons, and especially the magic who've won eight fucking games. Um, but still it, it's pretty deep. Let's look at the other side. You have eight, eight teams that are above five that are at 500 and above. And guess what the bottom, I guess what that eight team is your Lakers, Tyler, they, I mean, the, the depth now, I guess I, it, it's, it's just interesting because I think we all can agree that, that there's probably at the top, at least at the top of the West, there's probably a little bit more strength there, especially in the talent, especially in the, in the team, in the team, uh, in those teams there, especially when you look at the Suns and the Warriors, not so, not lately for the Warriors, but their start was very, very strong. Um, but the East is just so much deeper now. I mean, we're now, we, we're sitting here and usually we're like, oh, we kind of, we can kind of guess who's going to be in the playoffs. Now, I, I know that the playoffs are a little bit different because the play-in tournament, but usually we're looking at like, you know, maybe seven teams, seven or, you know, seven or eight teams that are, that are 500 better. We have 10, almost 11. And, you know, and with a couple more games, Hawks could go on a little bit of a run and you could see that even, even um, tighten up even more, which I just think is interesting because the longest time this podcast talked about how weak the East is, and how um, deep the West is, and it's not looking like that this season. Yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, that's been the narrative in the NBA for, gosh, I, years and years and years. Um, it's It has been refreshing, I think, to kind of look at the Eastern Conference standings and see, wow, there's actually like eight solid teams in this conference, and it's usually like two or three, you know, compared to the West where it's absolutely stacked, and there's probably one or two teams that don't make the playoffs that should be a playoff team in, in the Western Conference. So it honestly, I would agree with you. I think so far in the first half of the season, it's probably flipped. I would say the Eastern conference is probably overall a stronger conference, which damn, that is a surprise. So James, what do you got as your biggest surprise? The Memphis Grizzlies are my biggest surprise because they have exceeded every single one of my expectations thus far. I mean, right now, as we're talking, they're the three seed in the West. And even though the West is weaker the top part of the West is bigger, better than the top part of the East. 100%. Yep. And so, like, look at that. Their number three team, it would be number one in the East. The Memphis Grizzlies are 31 and 15 right now. John Morant is a walking highlight reel. I mean, I don't think he can fight Tony Bradley, which he said he was going to do last game. But, like, this dude, that block he had against the Lakers, that dude went up. His head went seven head inches above the rim, and he touched the top of the backboard and grabbed the ball out there walking highlight reel that was some he spider-man is, type shit that was dude that was thor spider-man all the Avengers <laughs> put together that's john moran i mean he will lose a fight but he can block a ball and he can score in bunches the Memphis really is going to be good for a long time man as long as john moran's on this team that continue to build around him the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a threat and it's been a long time since we said that i think the last time we said that was when Pau gasol was on that team years and years and years ago like this is, this is fun to watch. It's been a long time since the Grizzlies have been good. Yeah, James. Uh, unfortunately, I had the same uh, surprise as you did. I had the Memphis Grizzlies for my biggest surprise um, for pretty much the same reasons you mentioned. But, I mean, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the, last, the last few years, the, the Grizzlies have been, like, at best, like a fringe playoff team. 
you know, and, and like every once in a while they'll make it, they'll lose in the first round. You know, they're, they've always been kind of competitive, kind of there, you know, they haven't been really shitty, but they haven't been very good. And so, and I don't think anyone expected them to be a top three team, in the Western conference, no chance. I don't think anyone had them in there. So the fact that they're top of a very, very good conference is a huge surprise. And as you mentioned, John Morant, man, he's probably the most exciting player in basketball right now. Um, he's playing absolutely uh, just in, incredible basketball. This whole team is way better than we expected and they're a threat. They, and they've got a legit shot to go deep in the, in the playoffs. I mean, they might be the home team in the first round, maybe the, even the first two rounds of the playoffs, which damn, who would have thought It's looking that? like it, bro. Yeah. It is looking like it. That's pretty wild. So Memphis Grizzlies, uh, biggest surprise for James and I, uh, in the, in the second half. So let's go opposite. Let's go biggest disappointment. Which, which, what about the NBA season so far in this first half has disappointed the most? Trading, what do you got? Um, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but Clay's return. Um, Clay Thompson returned after an un- 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 like insane amount of games, days. Um, and to be fair, his, his first game back, um, the Warriors did a great tribute for him. I mean, he is such a loved player there. And um, that's been, you know, that, that's so great. But since he's been back, the Warriors have just, besides that game, and besides, I guess the game against the Bulls, um, who whom they only they probably only won because of some injuries, on the other side, um, they haven't just looked very good. Um, Steph's kind of out of Steph seems like he's in a bit of a funk. He's not shooting very well this season, as at least as well statistically. Um, Clay, it, it just it, it's going to take a little bit for him to get up to speed. I think, and I mean, this game's just a lot different than this war in this Warriors team before he came was was being was dominate was dominated by clay and uh and draymond and i'm not and it, the scene the team just seems a little bit of a funk do i do, am i am i worried i'm actually not i think that they i think that they're gonna work things out i mean this is what great teams do especially when you get a player like that but i i think it's just disappointing to see there's such hype to bring clay back and he and he managed to get back and it was so exciting and then they're just kind of laying too many eggs in a row here and um Trey, i agree with you there man like you said it's all hype and i 100 like it's like an emotional hangover the the long way to return of the prodigal prodigal son pretty much right yeah. it's like people were swept to see him finally play he gets on the court and he plays and you're like what's next it's like when you as a person as a human being you have this goal to hit a million dollars you hit that million dollars and you still want more. Mm-hmm. How do you achieve? What's your next goal yeah. right now? They don't have a nice goal. They're just like Clay's here. Yay. And they're, I, they're shit in the bed because they don't know what to do next. I, I, I almost, I almost think that they should have, I mean, they should have celebrated him coming back and, and had him play, you know, maybe start out as a bench player, but they, you can't, I, I think that they kind of, not that they rushed him back because they obviously didn't, but they rushed back his contributions to the team in a sense where, the team, the team with Draymond and, uh, and Steph before he came, I mean, was anybody beating him? Like, nobody. <laughs> I mean, they were dominating. And it, it, things have just kind of, uh, besides the Suns, but things have kind of flipped a little bit. And, um, I, you know, I, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. This is a good team. Clay's a great player. Steph's an amazing player. Draymond is, is, is really making uh, a difference. And I just think that they just need to kind of calm down calm the hype a little bit. Okay. He's back. Let's, let's focus on the future. Now let's focus on what we're here to do. And that's to continue winning basketball games, get into the playoffs. Don't even flirt with the, with the play in tournament, have home court advantage in at least a couple rounds and move on. Yeah. I, that's, that's a great point. Um, it was something I definitely thought about, you know, and something that 
you know, you're right. I, I wasn't as big of a deal, but uh, hopefully he, 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 he does pick it up. I mean, the Warriors are definitely back to being the top, the top en- enchilada of that conference. So, and Clay Thompson, obviously, as a big part enchilada? of that. Maybe I did. I'm hungry. There's some, there's um, some good enchilada. I mean, the top enchilada. The, the, I, fucking, I fucking love enchiladas, bro. I fucking love enchiladas. The Warriors are the top enchilada right now. Top enchiladas. <laughs> Golden State Warriors. That says a lot about a team right there. Oh, fuck yeah. Anyway. Sorry, no, you're good. I probably did say that because I'm starving right now. James, what do you got uh, for your biggest for your biggest biggest disappointment? Okay, so this isn't a disappointment for me, but it's a disappointment for a lot of other people in the world right now. And from the get-go, I wasn't on that podcast where you talked about the NBA, but from the get-go, I was saying that the Lakers are not going to be good. I said that from the get-go. I said Russ was a terrible pick. And the biggest disappointment for everybody else right now is the fact that the Lakers are 500. And, bro, come on. You're really going to rely on AD, always damaged, to be there to perform. (laughs) He's going to be injured every single year. Yep. You cannot count on him to give you more than 60 games in a year. He's going to be out, out at least 20. He's fragile. He's like you, Tyler. Fragile. I've never missed a game due to injury in my career. Low blow, in any man. sport. Except for the time Except that you one. went for a run and then took an Uber back to my house because you couldn't make it through <laughs> three miles. Different. That's, uh, that's, the, that's, that's, that's different. That's a whole <laughs> different thing. At this point, Tyler seems stronger than the Lakers right now. Yeah, dude. Hey, you you, just, yeah, you okay. see me board that guy? <laughs> I did not. I wasn't at the game. Nobody else was at the game. Trading so, no. for me. And, and Eric. Eric, I need you. Where are you back? <laughs> He's not here. Uh, but going back to the Lakers here, AD, never going to play a full season. You can't count on him. LeBron is getting older, but he's still doing LeBron things. Like, this dude is putting up massive numbers and carrying the team as best as he can. And Russell is a brick. West brick. Russell West brick is terrible. <laughs> The one thing he can do is dunk the ball. He had a huge poster on Gobert last night, which is cool to see. But other than that, he's missing and stepping out of bounds and throwing turnovers and trying to do all these dribble moves. The Lakers won a game recently because he didn't have a turnover. In every single game other than that, he has like five turnovers. He is The Lakers are losing because of him and the fact that LeBron has no supporting cast. If, LeBron was, if AD was okay and was reliable, then maybe the Lakers will win a little bit more. But you can't rely on Russ to be your support supporting castmate you can't rely on taylor horton tucker to be a supporting castmate stanley johnson he is way outperforming that 10-day contract give him a season long he is playing harder than everybody else on that team and yet you're giving him these small contracts give him a full year he deserves it everybody else on that team nah carmelo i like him off the bench that's a good move trevor reese i like him off the bench that's a good move too that's not enough to be a supporting cast to be a great team and the Lakers are not a contender because they don't have supporting castmates trade russ get somebody who will actually support the offense and not turn the ball over. Damn. Yeah. Um, tough love there, but I have to agree with you with, uh, with the Lakers. Um, they've been Stop agreeing with me. Stop it. I, I, you're just making good points. Dude, yeah, that, there, that's man. kind it of impossible is, not to yeah, agree with I mean, I, I'm a big Lakers fan, but I agree, man. I, it, this team has been hard to watch. I mean, they're just so inconsistent up and down. I mean, they had a good win last night against the Utah jazz, but I mean, the thing is they're probably going to lose three straight now. It's like as soon as you think they've turned that corner and 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 they and they've made that mark, they just they lose to the freaking Oklahoma City Thunder or some bullshit team like that. Like they're just they're not good, and a lot the of it is bad, bro. What, what? Do you mean the Thunder are a good team? They may not be the best record wise, well, but they're like they play. Some I mean, team it it should ball. be a team that 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 the Lakers should beat. Um, but they won't. 
you know, they, exactly. That's, all, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, they, they, this team doesn't make any sense. And yeah, Russell Wilson has been a, a huge disappointment. Westbrook. There, Sorry. I do that all the fucking time. <laughs> Russell their, Westbrook. Stats, their stats just look really gaudy. Bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, LeBron know. James is having like, I mean, he always, career. Has, a great, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's always has a great year. But, but I mean, he's, they're ranked 26 he's in turnovers. Iron. Like that's yeah, Westbrook. No. For I mean, that's, that's all Westbrook. And I want to know. How, yeah, I want to know how much that that is Westbrook. They're twenty seventh in think, personal fouls. They're they're getting frustrated. They're just ugh. yeah. I Have think, you guys actually watched them play? Because they do not pass the eye test. Literally, LeBron gets the ball. Everybody else is standing around. The thing that makes the Warriors so good is they have a lot of off ball movement. The Lakers stand there and they play ISO ball. Yeah. You can't win an NBA like that. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. No, I, I I have little to zero confidence the Lakers will do anything in, in the playoffs. Um, I see him as a first round far. exit. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't. I think it's gonna be a first round exit, easy. Like they might not even win a playoff game, honestly. Like they're just, so I don't. They're, they're right now even play, play in. They're in the play in right now. Right. Well, they're number so, eight, so tech. If they didn't have the play in, they would be in, but they have to get yeah, through that. You know, first. I mean, I just I wait till the Clippers get healthy. It's bad. And it's been the thing is like they've been consistently inconsistent, which tells me this team has zero chemistry. They just don't know what their identity is. And it's oh it's, Frank Vogel is going to be fired this year. I'm calling yeah, it right now. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a long season of all this stuff. I don't think Anthony Davis coming back is really going to help a whole lot. If anything, um, it's just it's going to be bad. So it's this Russell Westbrook experiment didn't work in their in their favor. So uh, yeah, bummer. Uh, my biggest disappointment. It's amazing if Frank Vogel gets if, if okay here here's the thing here's a little rant if Frank yep. Vogel gets fired for a maybe a 500 um, a 500 season. And my coach doesn't get fired. I, I, I'm giving up on my team. Oh shit! Canadians versus Americans for you. Yeah, there you go. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> my big disappointment of the NBA so far is the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, this mm. was a team that last year, you know, sparked the NBA world with this team that was coming up, an, an up and coming young great core, um, and they just haven't done much. I mean, right now they're not in a playoff spot. In an Eastern Conference that, you know, I mean, obviously this year has been a lot better, but uh, probably a conference we had going in. We easily had them in the postseason, no question. Um, they're the third best offensive team in the league, yet they have a minus net rating because their defense is the fourth worst in the league. Um, so they're just opposite ends of the spectrum. A great offense that can score a lot, but they do not, how to, do not know how to play good fundamental defense. Um, and that's what's costing them right now. Um, I think if the Atlanta Hawks don't make the playoffs, that's going to be probably for me, the biggest disappointment in the NBA period. I mean, th- th- this, this is their season to lose um, and they need to figure out they still have time. I think, you know, where, where they're sitting, it's not impossible for them to, 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 to make a move, but so far, the fact that, that the Atlanta Hawks are not the t- in, in, like one of the top six spots in that conference to me is hugely disappointing. Um, I thought this team was going to be way better, especially with the way they performed last year with all the young talent that, that, that they have on that team. Um, for me, the Atlanta Hawks is the, is the clear disappointment. Um, I wanted to pick the Lakers, but, you know, I tried to be non-biased here. So I'm glad I didn't because James. James takes care of everything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, last little bit here. I want everyone to give one bold prediction for the second half of the season. So it could be anything. Maybe it could be a team making it. It could be a player doing something crazy or something weird or a coach getting fired. Like what? What's your bold prediction that you think will happen in the second half of the season? Trading, what do you got? I guess this isn't really bold, but the the Lakers won't make it out of the playoff tournament. 
They probably will lose. They'll they, they probably will drop down to the nine or ten spot. They'll lose that game. They won't even have a chance. They're done. They'll be done. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Especially with the Clippers coming, and I think the you know the the Clippers will get healthy. Watch out. Yeah, can't be good. James, what's your bull prediction? I'm sorry, Warriors fans, but you guys are gonna drop to the six seed by the end of the season. Yeah. That being said, I'm kind of piggybacking off what Trayton said earlier about Clay. I think right now they're trying to force feed him the ball. They're trying to work him into the offense. It's going to take time. Forcing it isn't going to fix anything. And on top of that, you got injuries. Jonathan Kaminga's out there doing his thing. That's great. But you did lose Draymond for about two to three more weeks, which is tough. Because right now, with all the bricks that are happening from Steph, you need a rebounder. You don't got one right now. Yeah. And Wiggins is him either. It's it's for they're going to be forcing the ball to Clay. It's taking stuff out of his rhythm, so now he's going to shoot worse, and nobody to rebound. It's tough. They're going to lose a couple games in a row here until this team finally finds chemistry again. Because it's been two years without Clay. Let's be real; they played two seasons without him. You got to figure out a way to work him back in your system. If he was a big cog in, in it back then, he has to find a new role, and it might not be the same star that he was from the get go. It'll take time. You can't force that. He's not the star because the star is Steph Curry. It's hard to find that Batman Robin role and find the silver lining to it and how it's going to work out in such a short period of time, but they got to do it really quick because the longer it takes them to do so, the more games are going to fall. So, so you, you don't have confidence in Kerr just doing Kerr things, like just calming this team down, setting them back to basics, kind of doing a, a soft reboot of the season. You don't, you, you don't see that happening fast enough before they drop too far. Uh, with how close the standings are right now, I mean, the Sun or the Warriors are, have lost 12 games. The four seed has lost 15 games, right? So it's a three game difference. The four seed right now is the Mavericks. They've lost 19 games. So it's a seven, seven game difference. That's pretty close. The fact that uh, Dallas could catch fire at any point in time because you have Porzingis and you have Doncic, that's concerning. Utah is always going to be good. John Morant is going to keep doing his thing. He might balloon up to that second seed rather quickly. And, uh, and you're going to lose a couple of games because Draymond's out. That's tough. Without James Wiseman there, who is your big? And you can Curry, can, or Curry can do all the soft reboot he wants. It's not going to take care of the fact that you can't rebound without a big guy down there. Somebody athletic enough to do that. That's tough to do. So, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't lose as much, but you're still going to lose enough to not be the second seed anymore. I can probably, I can, I can bite on that. No, um, I like that one. Uh, my bull prediction, the Sacramento Kings will end the longest playoff drought in basketball and make the playoffs this year. They're not too far from getting that last little uh, play. in. I think they're only a game back as we talk today. Um, and I think that they've got a good chance of making it. And it's been a long, long time since the Sacramento Kings have been in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I think they end it this year. So I don't know if they probably won't go that far. <sighs> But I think that they that's will. tough, man. Okay, so you have the Portland Trailblazers at the 10 seed. Yeah, that's without Dame. When Dame gets back from his surgery, I don't see the Kings overtaking that spot. Will they beat out the Clippers? Probably not. Will the Lakers fall that far down? Probably not. Timberwolves, that's surprising. But the, I mean, they have a good core there, and you're not taking any of the six seeds. I don't think you literally have to beat out the Trailblazers with Damian Lillard back. I don't think they can do that. I, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. I don't think the Trailblazers are all that good, even with Dame. I think there's a lot going on there chemistry-wise. And with Dame, he's, he might be leaving, he might be not. It, I, I don't and CJ McCollum's been gone too. Don't forget, he had the punctured lung. Yeah. So lung. Yeah, he's going to be back too. Yeah, but 
you know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't same, same with uh, Minnesota. Like I, I mean, they've had a great season so far. They, they were, you know, uh, a uh, honorable mention for biggest surprise for me. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just think, I mean, I'm not a big Kings fan, a Sacramento Kings fan, but I think it'd be cool to see them make, make, make the, uh, make, make the, make the uh, playoffs. Like I said, these are bold predictions. And these are bold. I was going to say They're bold predictions. So I think, I think the trailblazers drop out and they're going to blow that shit up in the off season because of it. And the Sacramento Kings take that spot. It's, 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 it's either going to be Portland or Minnesota that drop out and that Sacramento is going to come up there and overtake that uh, final spot. So that's, that's my bold prediction. But what do you guys think? What do you guys, do you guys agree with our uh, picks here for the NBA? What have you liked so far? What have you not liked so far? What do you think is going to happen? Um, real quick, just lightning round. I want to go a uh, prediction for the NBA finals. Uh, James, what do you got? Bulls, Suns. Trade, what do you got? Did I tell you wins? No, okay. No, no, no. Guy said, he Same said thing? it. Yeah. Same thing? Bulls, Suns. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Net Suns. Hmm. You know, just be a little different. It's kind of the easy choice, but I'm going to go with that. Jose would be happy. Yeah, there you go. So Suns all around in the, in the Western Conference, apparently. There you go. There you have it, guys. So hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, this NBA segment. I know we haven't talked basketball in a while. Um, I'm going to try and mix it up a little bit more, maybe every other week. Give it a couple weeks for me to talk about shit because I can't talk about basketball every week. There's not enough. Going. I really hope you guys watch the YouTube of this or the TikTok or something because Tyler made a mixing motion with his hands. It looked funny, super funny. <laughs> anyway, that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And in return, we got hockey. <laughs> With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting DimerUV.com and at DimerUV on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's Dimer, like diner with an M, as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Welcome back, everybody. Hockey All-Star Game is in February, February 5th, I believe, but we're still going to talk about All-Stars right now with Trayden's Holy Puck slash O-Puck moments. Yes, sir. We're, well, we are going to get into the All-Star Game, but um, it's it's been kind of an interesting week in the NHL. Um, we got, we got um, you know, old All-Stars getting their numbers retired, and then during their during their um, their speech, they're chugging beers. Chris Pronger, that was epic. That was um, we we have we have Willie O'Ree finally getting his number retired um, in in the Garden, uh, so overdue. I mean that should have been done years ago, um, but you know he he broke the color barrier and it's uh, it's it's amazing that he got his recognition. You know again, well should have been done years ago. 
um, were having reporters go after players in certain um, certain pl- uh, places and pissing off not only players, but the entire fan base. Um, there's some people that just aren't meant to stay in the reporter role. It's about time they retired. Jim Matheson, get the fuck out of Edmonton. You piece of fucking shit. This guy is a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame reporter. And he is an absolute fucking clown. Um, So if you guys have a chance, check out um, Jim Matheson's um, uh, interview with with Leon Dreisaitl. Um, for a for play, for people that don't follow the Edmonton Oilers, um, it's hilarious. It's great stuff. You lo- you love seeing the drama because every time that the Oilers are floundering, everybody loves it. Um, for fans that are dealing with the same frustration, that feel like we're dealing with the same frustrations as the players, even though we're really not, um, it's it's troubling and upsetting. Um, so. Yeah, that's been my day. Um, anyway, let's move on to the important stuff. I don't want to bore everybody with the Oilers once again. So we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, here's the deal, guys. In my opinion, I think the Eastern the Eastern Conference is set. I think we know who's going to the playoffs. Um, it may, maybe that's bold, but if you look at the stats, it just seems that way. Um, I think now they're just going to kind of vie for for spots. Um, we don't know who the wild card spots are going to be. We don't know who's going to fit into the Atlantic and Metropolitan respect. Um, Respectively, it's going to jumble around. They're all going to they're all going to jump, but I just don't see any players out of who's in it now making the playoffs. James, am I wrong? No, dude, you're absolutely correct, and I hate agreeing with you, but it is what it is. To be real here, the four, the like I said, all three spots and then the wild card spots are all just taken. I mean, the teams that are kind of close to that aren't close. No. The Red Wings are the closest to maybe getting a wild card but they've played five more games than the Bruins have. And there's a five point difference there. Five games is huge. Cause you can get 10 points in those potentially, or you could at least get one. So that just covers the spread right there. And Boston's and like a wagon. Boston, right <laughs> yeah. They're on fire. Contrary to what I thought initially, but it is what it is. And in the Metro, the blue jackets are not even close to the capitals. It's, it's not even fair. Like maybe the bottom four teams should just stop playing at this point. What's the point? Ooh. Rest up for next year. Ooh, bottom four. I didn't actually. actually I count that. three, six, nine. I count nine teams that should just quit and just and just just tank for the last place, right? Yeah, just yeah. No, that's no fun. And that's no do fun. that, <laughs> Tyler. I mean, do you agree with us? I mean, the East is set, right? Yeah, I was looking at at the standings, and I really appreciate really aesthetically appealing things. And if you look at the Eastern Conference things, this doesn't always happen in any in any league. But every team with a green plus goal differential in the Eastern Conference is in the playoffs. Every team with a red minus goal differential is not. And it looks mwah, aesthetically beautiful like that. In the Western Conference, you've got a few that are that are that are in the playoffs that are minus. You got a few that are out of the playoffs that are in plus. That happens all the time. There's, there, there's always two or three that are a little bit that, that shouldn't be there that should or and vice versa. But the Eastern Conference is like. Oh my God. It's like perfect. It just, uh, it made me really happy. Um, so yeah, Eastern conference looks pretty set. Like you said, I, it, there really isn't a whole lot of teams that I could see really making a leap. Like you said, it's pretty much going to be seating. Um, I think Carolina is going to end up winning that division. Um, at, when, when, when it's all said and done, I'm super curious to see who's going to end up being the top, the top seed in that conference, especially with the battle of Florida, uh, Tampa and, uh, and, uh, the Florida Panthers. That's going to be super fun to watch. Other than that, there's really not much like to pay attention to in the Eastern Conference other, you know, in other, other than seating. 
and you know with, with with hockey it doesn't really matter to win their division other than just bragging rights to my knowledge obviously it's seeding matters and all this stuff with, with matchups but there's no real incentive oh, it doesn't in believe division. in seeding at home field or i home don't ice, because just, i think you know. at the end of the day like when it comes to playoffs like you're playing good teams and you know it is what it is um makes the biggest especially difference. you know but you know but anyway but i don't think that winning your division hockey is like <clears throat> you know that important um it's it just as long as you're in the playoffs you know as long as you're in the dance you're dancing so um yeah you know what i find kind of sad right now yeah about how these terrible teams are playing and espn had just bought out like the rights to the nhl and is showcasing all these things is that i would get alert alerts on my phone when two bad teams are playing and it's like the flyers are playing the cardinals let's see who wins the, who beats their losing streak first and how am i supposed to get excited to watch a game when teams are on 10 game losing streaks and we're like, Oh, which, which team is going to finally win a game? This is exciting. It's not really that exciting. ESPN. Come on, man. It, it'd be exciting if the teams that were playing, like, I hate to bring them up, but if, if it was like the, like Saturday, the Oilers and the, and the Calgary flames are playing two teams that had a great start and are on the precipice of losing a playoff spot and trying to, and trying to end a skid. That's something that you report, not, the blue jackets and fucking uh, Philadelphia flyers or fucking Ottawa and Buffalo. Like who anybody care if Ottawa and Buffalo do well? No, no one except Ottawa and Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. In which case there's, Oh, Buffalo has a lot of good fans, but nobody's oh, an Ottawa yeah, fan. Yeah, they're so great, but we, they started out strong, just kind of, you know, shit the bed. But um, Tyler, you kind of already alluded to this. You said, you said Carolina. Um, what's so interesting is the NHL has a, has always has a kind of an era of what I call the murderer's row of teams. Right. So, um, back, back when my dad was a kid, it was, it was, um, Winnipeg, Calgary and, and Edmonton. You, if you, you did not want it to go on that road trip cause you were about to get fucked. Um, until recently, it, um, and, uh, at least before about 2018, it was California. I mean, all three California teams were, you did not want to go on that road trip because you're going to get beat up by LA. You were going to get beat up by Anaheim and you're going to get beat up by San Jose. It, ha- it just, that's what you expect. Now it seems like it's Florida and Carolina floor. And I say Florida, both teams and Carolina, like you don't want to play those three fucking teams. They are so good. They are wagons. They are insane. And uh, you know, I think it's just, it's just crazy to think about that Florida of all places and Carolina is having um is having such amazing um hockey to watch and i think it's great for their fans but i want to ask you james given the fact that you know there is there is those three murderers row team but there's also some amazing hockey coming out of new york washington's looking good pittsburgh and boston are like amazing and and toronto is having you know a, a great team it seems like all these teams are really really good right now do you who's your pick to come out of the east can i pick one per um, divisions <laughs> sure i don't yeah okay so i'm gonna take back all the bad shit i said about pittsburgh because i'm gonna take pittsburgh take the metropolitan division yeah okay. they're only three points away and they went down by two games it's possible it is possible ride out your goaltender so Let's you see what think you there. think pittsburgh's gonna win the metro it, i'm I, talking regular season yeah yes i do i think they're gonna win the metro that's my bold prediction of Ca- the day. carolina uh, oh, I, that it's bold I just want to say that Carolina has two games at hand and they have a 75 point percentage. Yeah. But it's only three points and two games at hand, which is it's doable. It's it, it could happen. Wow. It could happen. So but you think the Pittsburgh is a better team than Carolina then? I, I think that Pittsburgh has momentum, right? 
James, like two weeks ago, you were talking so much shit about I, Pittsburgh. Exactly. <laughs> like, what, but I did, what did I, What did I just say? What did I just say? Did I just Yo, say? So, so, I'm sorry so for what I convinced said. you is what you're saying. No, their Ooh. play convinced me. Not Ooh. you. You can't convince me for yeah, shit. Yeah, but I, 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 I told you that they're great who, two weeks ago, and you didn't believe me, and now you're now, now you're on the Pittsburgh wagon. You're welcome. You could have said that shit smelled really, really good, but until I see that shit for myself and smell it myself, I will not be convinced. Sorry, you guys, said give me stuff, a, give me a few but then seconds. the 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 Pittsburgh Penguins. I almost said Steelers. The Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins showed Same me colors. that. Yeah, they showed me that they could do well, and they just they shut me up. And now I'm like, all right, carry that momentum forward. All right. Well, I'm I'm just finishing my order for James's Pittsburgh uh, Penguins shirt because <laughs> he's on the fucking wagon. Anyway, give me the number what do you got for the Atlantic, bud. I got Tampa Bay. Okay, Tampa Bay on that one. Uh, I respect Florida. I, I mean, it's it sucks for me to say, but I haven't watched a lot of Florida Panthers games. I don't know why. It's just not appealing to me. But um, Tampa Bay is just more fun to watch, in my opinion. They're a little bit more explosive, and you do get a little bit of. Um, I lied. I just looked at the stats, and the goals for for Florida has 158. The goals for for Tampa Bay has 135. They've scored 16 goals in two games, but. I just told you, bro. I I, no, I know. I'm just, saying, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they're explosive, and they're so explosive that they're having they're they're inviting rappers just to fuck at the uh, at the <laughs> at the rafters. If you didn't see that, you oh, need to see that. Kodak. I sent flag. you that. I know, and I saw, and I and I, you know, there's a whole thing on it, like that. I mean, dude, for me, here's the thing. He 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 went there when they scored all those goals. I mean, what a pickup by Florida, right? Like he they bring him in, they score nine goals. Like is he he's getting invited to every single game from here on out. I mean, I mean, I don't care how much of a of a scandal it is, dude. If you're gonna fucking score nine goals, who gives a shit? <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, <laughs> Florida didn't have to give up anything. Florida didn't have to trade it to trade an asset to get all the to get that. So what a pickup, man! That's the best fourth line grinder I've ever seen. Wow, you went there. I did. It's pretty funny. Actually. Oh, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I still pick Tampa Bay. Whatever. No, I. You know, at the end of the day, to come out of the Atlantic. I, I, I think that Tampa Bay has the better goaltender, although I shouldn't say that because goalie Bob is like, holy shit. <laughs> He's looking like his old self. Um, I think that, I think the Tampa Bay is just a better built team all the way through. Um, Kucherov is, is a freak of nature. I mean, this is a guy that, that, that gets, you know, a pretty severe injury and then comes back and it's as if he never had an injury. Like unlike clay, that's kind of like working into it. Now I know clay had, uh, had some rough injuries, but, Kucherov, it's like he doesn't even miss a game. Like it's it's incredible. Um, so there, it's going to be quite the battle. And I and you know what? If if as long as those two teams, the problem is, is those two teams are probably going to play each other in the second round. Which you know we're all going to wait. We all wish it was the Eastern Conference Final, but um, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay two James. Um, although Florida is just looking incredible. I mean, 16 goals in two games, and to make matters worse. They play the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday. Uh, you might want to bet the over because Miko Koskinen's in net. So uh, I, I'm telling oh, everyone dude. who listens. The Panthers are scoring 75 goals. If you, if, you, if you guys want some free money, bet the over. Bet the fucking over, baby. Um, I'm pretty sure Vegas knows that. It has the over since like 10. Probably. <laughs> 
All right, we're moving on. It uh, as James alluded earlier, it is um, All Star uh, Weekend in a couple weeks here, and we do know the rosters. So um, if you guys don't mind, um, I do want to give you guys the quick rosters from all. So here's the thing: the rules are a player, a, pl- uh, a representative from each team has to go, which we'll talk about this later. But from the Metro, we got Sebastian Ajo. We got um, from Carolina. We got um, Claude Giroux from Philly. Jake Gensel from Pittsburgh. Jack Hughes from the from the Devils. Chris Kreider from the Rangers, Alex Ovechkin from the Washington Capitals. I mean, that was an easy one. Uh, Adam Fox from the Rangers, Adam Pellick from the Islanders, Zach Kerensky from the Jackets, Frederick Anderson from Carolina, and Tristan Jari from Pittsburgh. Um, from the Atlantic, we got um, Drake Batherson from Ottawa, Bergeron from Boston, Huberto from Florida, Dylan Larkin from Detroit, Austin Matthews from Toronto, Steven Stamkos from Tampa Bay, Nick Suzuki from Montreal, Rasmus Dahlin from Buffalo, Victor Hedman from Tampa Bay, Campa Bay, uh, I'm sorry, Jack Campbell from Toronto, and Andre Vasilevsky from Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has three, and, and uh, Stamkos was the, was the um, last guy in. Um, from the Central, we got Kyle Connor from Winnipeg, Alex Dabrinkit from Chicago, Nazem Kadri from Colorado, Kirill Kaprizov from, from Minnesota, Clayton Keller from Arizona, Jordan Cairo from St. Louis. I mean, after that, um, after that, uh, uh, winter classic. winter classic game um, Nathan McKinnon from Colorado Joe Pavelski from Dallas well-deserved Kale McCarr from Colorado obviously um, UC Saros from Nashville fuck you uh, Eric Cam Talbot um, from Minnesota um, again fuck you Cam Talbot for being good after you leave the Oilers Leon Dreisaitl uh, in the Pacific we got Leon Dreisaitl from Edmonton Jordan Eberle from from Seattle former Oiler um, congratulations on being the first Seattle Kraken in the All-Star game Johnny G from Calgary Adrian Kempe from the Kings there you go Tyler there you go Connor McDavid from it, from the Edmonton Oilers. He's the captain of the Pacific Division. Timo Meyer from San Jose, who just put up uh, fucking five goals in yeah. one game. Yeah, I guess. Um, Mark Stone That's a from good. Yeah, that was insane. Um, Timo Meyer from I'm sorry, Mark Stone from from the Vegas Golden Knights. Troy Terry from Anaheim. He was the last guy in. Alex Petrangelo from Vegas. John Gibson from Anaheim. There you go, James and Thatcher Demko from Vancouver. Lots of snubs though, boys. Lots of snubs. It feels like um, and. Uh, you know, I just want to ask you before I get into the big question, James, who's your uh, who's your most obvious snub? Well, I was actually going to say Troy Terry to begin, but he made last man in as of earlier today. So I'm going to go Trevor Zegers, another duck. And I get what you guys are all thinking. You're like, oh, he's it hasn't performed that well. Like he hasn't put up that many points. But, bro, he changed the game. Maybe he didn't change the game, but he marketed the game. Yes. People know more of Trevor Zegers than they do of other hockey players, mainly because of what he did with Sonny Milano with that over the net pass. It's called a university's name, Manhattan. What is it called? Uh, Michigan. The Michigan. Yeah. It's called the, yeah, that was crazy. Never been done before successfully. And it was finally done. And what you saw the aftermath of that was videos upon videos on twitter on tiktok on instagram on facebook even though we don't have one youtube you saw it everywhere people little kids old young two-year-olds toddlers midgets it doesn't matter they've all tried it because it's so cool that marketed the game so much more than anybody else really has and that's it i mean like i I could be wrong about this but i think he marketed the game better than Connor mcdavid has and Connor mcdavid is the best player in the league that one, I was with you until the end. <laughs> However, to be to be fair, I mean, here's the thing. I think that Timo Meyer marketed the game and that one moment better than any PR team on any team to market the NHL 
Do you mean Trevor Zegras? Trevor Zegras alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Trevor Zegras alone was the cheapest marketing campaign for the NHL and the NHL. So Henry Kodak Black. Uh, besides, Kod- I mean, Kodak Black actually has given him a little bit of a run for his money. <laughs> no, but seriously, Trevor Zegras, I mean, he, he, I mean, it, it, it was, it's cheaper for just him to just do his thing and market the game than, than pay anybody else. You should just fire. You want to save money? Just fire the entire marketing team and just have Trevor Zegers play fucking hockey for 25 minutes. Uh, so James, I actually, yeah, actually have just about 60 minutes per game, but thank you very much. No, I'm saying 25 minutes. You want you want to up the marketing, make him play more. So, uh, He's destroyed. Nah, nah. He's a little twig. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, who's your snub? And James, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I like James' point, and James actually had your back as uh, uh, Troy Terry's was was one of my snubs before he uh, he got voted in. So I'm I'm glad he did. Uh, but my snub is Igor Shostirkin, best mm-hmm. fucking name in the league. First of all, huge. Obviously, I know that like it's tough for goalies because that's such a usually a pretty deep uh, pool of guys that deserve it, and a very small amount of guys that actually can make the All Star roster. So every year, there's always. Uh, goalie snubs i feel like but i mean the dude has the best goals against average in the entire league if i'm correct someone can fact check me on that thank you trading uh and he's not an all-star game that seems like a pretty big snub if if anyone's leading a major stat like that and having an amazing season i feel like he should just be a lock for 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 the all-star game the guys that got voted in are also well deserved but i mean man it's it's hard to to see igor not in there man especially with the year that uh New York is having he's a huge part of that um I feel like he should have gotten an all-star dub yeah he's definitely he's definitely my he's probably my number two Uh, my biggest one is Brad Marchand I mean the guy the guy is leading his team in points goals and assists ranked seventh in points and he and he was behind Patrice Bergeron in making it like why (laughs) I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. I don't even like Bram. I'm trying to fucking hate the guy, but I can't I can't deny that he should be in the All Star game. So I, I guess that leads me to ask you guys. You know, um, Nathan McKinnon had a great point. He was very upset that Nazem Kadri didn't make it, but he did from the from the last man in. But he wasn't like the first, you know, first team All Star uh, All Star guy. The rules say that the that it needs to be one player from every team. He basically says this isn't a participation. This isn't a participation game. It's an all-star game. Shouldn't fucking matter that every team gets gets um, gets a, a you know a representative. I want you. What, what are your thoughts, Tyler? I mean, do you agree with him here? I disagree. Um, I what? think I think that with the best players in the world playing at the same time, that's what should that's what the Olympics should be. That's what that's what the Olympics should be. The all-star game is for the fans. Okay, sure. that this is a fan event. So if you're going to have a fan event for all fans, you have to have a team representative from each team be at the All-Star game because you're going to have that that kid who's a big fucking Detroit Red Wings, wow, Red Wings fan. And if he doesn't have a player from his team at the game, he's probably not going to want to watch it. Um, It's kind of an adult argument for me that really doesn't make sense for the overall – betterment of the game I, I i understand where he's coming from i understand that you want the best of the best playing this tournament and ideally in a perfect world like that's what it should be but at the end of the day like the all-star game in any in any sport it's it's a celebration of the fans and of the players and of everyone 
And everyone needs to be included in that. I, I, I understand. The, and with that, there's going to come snubs every year because you have to have one team representative to be in there. I get it. There's going to be guys that kind of get in there by default because they really probably aren't on the same level as a lot of guys that don't make it. I understand that. But for me, like this is an NHL Arsenal game. This isn't the all-star game for the top 10 teams in the league. Okay. This is, this is everyone. This is an NHL Arsenal game. So you have to have every single team represented in that, in my opinion, that that's just straightforward to me. Um, like I said, I, I understand the other side of it that you, that there's going to be guys that deserve it that don't make it. That's just the nature of it, man. Like you just, there's only so many spots and especially when you have, like, I, I love the way that the All-Star game is set up where you have the divisions and they each play each other. So if you're going to have a division team, like you got to have a player from each, from each team in that division. Like that just, for me, it makes, it makes perfect sense. There's no reason to change that. Um, so I, I disagree completely. I think every team should have a one representative, at least. Um, it just makes sense to me. Well, I'm, I'm actually glad you came on here and said that because I, I actually disagree, but I'm glad that you disagree with me. So that's very good. James, I know you disagree. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like participation trophies. I think things need to be earned, not just given. And yeah, that's a great point that it's because an all-star game is for the fans, yada, yada. It's also for the players. And I think if you made the all-star game this more celebrated thing where people have to earn their way in, it's going to make people play better. Because like the example you said, the Detroit Red Wings, like they, they're not very good. And if they don't have somebody going from their team, that sucks. They should have played better. And if you want somebody from your team to go to the all-star game, maybe up the ante. Because right now, people who are floundering, like these teams who have no shot of making the playoffs, are they really playing that hard? Are they really trying their hardest right now, if it's not a contract year, to play their best hockey? If something else is on the line, like the All-Star game, if it was more celebrated and more this big thing, they would might they might play harder to earn a spot on that team. If there was more of a financial incentive, they would play harder. But because it's like, oh, one person per team makes it in anywhere, they're like, whatever, cool, let's go do that. I don't like the culture of participation trophies. I don't like being celebrated for not achieving something because it shows you that no matter, even if you fail, like even if you don't try your hardest, like you still get something. But people learn and people get better from trying their hardest and failing. But being given something because you didn't try all that hard is not fun. It's, I don't, it, it's not earned. Nothing, everything good in life is always earned. You can't, it's not just given to you. It doesn't feel right. You know, I mean, I, I think those are good points. Um, I actually stand on the, uh, I actually am taking a little bit of what you said, Tyler, and spinning it to kind of help me. And in, in, in that, I, I mean, I agree I, that you make some great points, James, and maybe it would, it would light a fire on some, on some players, especially on the lower end of the spectrum. But you say, Tyler, you had mentioned that it's, you know, it's, it's to, to showcase the NHL across the board. Well, in my, I, I would think that I would argue that having the best of the best there showcases the best of the best. I mean, look, like like we just said that the fact that Trevor Zegers did not make it, considering Trevor Zegers has so, so much skill and and and, the, and I I hope that they give him a capacity to either be like an announcer or like call the game because the guy needs to be in front of a camera. Some of these guys need to be in front of cameras because they market the game better than anyone. And you know what? That that might even mean that you know some some other guy gets gets the boot because you know he. Uh, it, it, it's just tough. To, it, it's just tough because, you know, Nazem Kadri in, in particular, now he, he made it, but he wasn't 
first ballot and he's having an amazing season. He is, he's playing so freaking well. Um, same with Brad Marchand. Like it's, it's, it's tough to see those types of players kind of snub just because of the rule when they're playing and they, they should be celebrated for playing how well they are. But again, I do, I do understand the fact that it is an entire NHL all-star and you do need to have a representative from, you know, to an extent having a representative from every team does kind of get fans from all the teams to, to, to tune in. And I do appreciate that. So it's just an interesting, um, it's just an interesting debate and, and it will be debated every single year. Every time we have debates on the snubs, we'll, we'll be debating why the, you know, if, if the, if the all-star game should be changed and, you know, I don't think it's ever going to change simply because they just want, they want to see a Seattle Kraken Jersey. They want to see a Detroit Red Wings Jersey and they want to see an Ottawa Senators Jersey. They, they just do. And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, no offense to those two teams, no three teams, but you guys suck. <laughs> Moving on, um, we're going to talk about pending UFAs. Um, I, I sent the guys a, a little um, list of, of, of UFAs that, you know, will be set to be our pending UFAs going into um, the offseason and which one of them interests them the most and whether they're going to be traded by the deadline. Um, and I'm going to start with uh, Tyler on this one. Who do you who, who from that list or maybe you have a dark horse for me? I, I went I went off your list. Um... A lot of guys, I don't. I thought a lot of guys on that list, honestly, were not, not going to be big trade baits. I feel a lot of them were on were on contending teams, but I think the one that was near the top of that that I feel like is probably going to be big trade bait is uh, Tomas Hurdle from the San Jose Sharks. Mm. Um, I think that the San Jose Sharks are, you know, they're they're playing a lot better than a lot of people expected for sure. But I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, and I think that they're still in rebuild mode. And I think Tomas Hurdle is a guy that you could trade and get a lot back for it and get some, some good draft picks some some good prospects possibly. Um, I think hurdle is a, is a great serviceable uh, center slash wingman trade, maybe to your Edmonton Oilers, who knows? Um, I think this guy's a great depth piece. He's, he, he's a, he's a great scorer. Um, I think he's a, he's just a great all around hockey player. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking for him. And I think the sharks should unload him um, especially if they're not, you know, going to take him on moving forward. Um, cause I, like I said, I think they're still in rebuild mode. I think, I think they're still, I think they still need to make a few tweaks here and there. And a lot of that's going to come with making these trades, these, these tough trades. I mean, hurdle's been a shark for I don't know, a long time. I feel like, um, it's been a big part of that, uh, franchise, but you know, sometimes you gotta make these tough trades. I feel like this one to me makes the most sense. I think he's the, he's the guy on the list. That's, that's the biggest talent on the team. That's probably the least good, if that makes sense. Um, so there's a, there, there, there's a lot more talented guys on that list that you sent us, but I think in terms of the team that they're on with the talent and what makes sense for that team to unload him, I think it, it makes sense for the Sharks to unload Hurdle. And I think it makes sense for a lot of teams to go after Hurdle for the trade deadline. I think he, he'd be a great piece to kind of you know, add some depth to that um, scoring for anyone. I think that he would definitely be an interesting rental, especially if they're in a situation where they're not going to the playoffs for the, um, you know, by this, by the trade deadline. However, with the fact that they're, they're, ter- they terminated Evander Kane's $7 million contract and Evander Kane, who was kind of a problem for hurdle internally, he's gone now. I think that I would, I definitely, I would put my money on hurdle signing with, the sharks in the off season. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that he, he's not going to, he's going to have a, um, the same Jersey on at trade deadline. Cause we've seen it before where just to get the, just to get the assets, they'll trade away hurdle for a team like the Oilers or any team that is looking to contend for the, for the last haul there 
that's your rental. That's a, that's a five and a half, that's a $5.6 million rental. That's, that's pretty reasonable for the type of player that he is. And then he turns around and signs with San Jose in the off season on, on July 1st. That's I could definitely see that happening. So Tyler, I think that's a very, that's a very good one. Um, James, um, who do you got? I went with a goalie. I went with Jack Campbell from the Maple Leafs. I think that they, they're going to do everything they can to keep them this yeah. trade deadline. Absolutely everything they can. Reason being is that this is a goaltender-driven league. Let's be honest here. You have a good goal that you're, all, you're probably going to win more games than you lose. That's just how the cookie crumbles. Uh, right now, it's crazy because his cap is like $1 million. He's on the last – He's obviously, he's going to be free agent next year, and he's going to make some decent money. But right now, he gives this team the best chance at winning. What they could do is they could offload his backup, Peter Mrazik, and his $11 million salary, offload him somewhere else. Make more space so that you can sign Jack Campbell for a, for a long term deal. He's a late bloomer, but because he's a late bloomer, you could probably sign him for a little bit less than what you would have signed a top tier goaltender. His career earnings from th- at this point is four point two million in his entire career in the NHL. That is so low for somebody who's playing at his level right now. His bar set pretty low. He's a top tier goaltender. But this upcoming offseason, you probably wouldn't have to sign him for that top-tier goalie level money. You could sign him for maybe a little bit less because the bar for him is set so goddamn low. Just a thought. Yeah. There's a reason that he's only made that much, right? I mean, he's only played up until – up up through – prior to the last season, he was only he only played in 64 NHL games. I mean, that's, that's not a lot. And, um, you know, and he's an older guy. He's 30, and he's only played 64 games. It's like – that's not surprising that he hasn't made that much money. However, I think that he is due for a payday. The question is how much is that going to be? Um, I, you know, I, if you look back, if it, you know, there's a whole, I mean, uh, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat writer has, has kind of written about this. And I, I think he, you're going to see a, a contract in the five to five and a half million dollar range for this guy, especially because he loves Toronto. I mean, he's, a, he, he's from Michigan, but he absolutely loves Toronto. And he said that multiple, multiple times. And um, he is their guy going forward. But I think you can be able to sign this guy for five and a half. Um, to keep Peter Mrazek at 3.8, I don't know that you're getting rid of that, mainly because he's locked up. For, I mean, he's, he is locked up for three for three more years at 3.8, which is very reasonable for a player like that, um, and for a goalie like that. And um, so he does both, he does offer some value in a trade. However, he does have a modified no trade. So um, he, he, he has a, ten, he'll give a 10 team, no trade list. Um, that being said, I don't know that, I don't know that they offload him because at 3.8 for a backup and you know, you get your 5.5, 5.6 for, um, for Jack Campbell next year. I, I have said this multiple times. If, if you have about 7.5 to, you know, $10 million wrapped up in goaltending, that is stable. You're good. You're solid. Um, that's, that's just how it kind of rolls. Um, it might be a little bit of an overpay between two, but again, if, if, if you do have a, a, a guy down in the, down in um, the Marlies that is looking to move up, you could move out pre and Razik then. Um, it, the interesting thing is who they have to give up to free up the cap space, because this team just pays money to guys who haven't really done anything yet. Uh, and that's kind of tr- tr- Toronto's mantra, very similar to how pretty much every Canada team has to roll. Um, so um th- that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that kind of rolls out but james i think that's a good one i don't think he's going to get traded there's no way he's going to get traded it's a, it's whether it's whether he's going to get re-signed in the offseason that's the bigger question um but i mean unless the toronto maple leafs go on a terrible you know 
pace and they don't make playoffs, that's the only reason they move him. But they're it's not going to happen. Um, my interesting was John Klingberg of the Dallas Stars. Um, John Klingberg's relationship with Dallas has been has hit almost rock bottom. This kid, this guy's a 29 year old um, defenseman, very solid defenseman. I mean, he's not he's not a Roman Yossi, but he's still a, he's still fantastic. He, they they've spent so much on Essa Lindell, they spent so much on Miro Heiskanen and Ryan Suter. Um, and they sit with this guy, Klingberg, who's battled in the trenches for this team and they just shit on him, just absolutely shit on him. And he, and he, it seems like he wants out and it seems like Dallas is finding, is going to find a way to do that. And sooner than later, um, this is a guy that I think you're going to see so many teams in on. You're going to see Carolina in on it. You're going to see Colorado in on it. Um, you could even see Pittsburgh in on it for a defenseman. Any of these teams that are contending teams are going to, are going to be in on this guy. Um, I wish we could be on, in on this guy, but I think he's a right defenseman, which doesn't really help us right now. We need a left defenseman. Um, all that said, who knows? I mean, uh, he, he definitely would be able to help any team that he goes to. And it's just unfortunate that, um, that Dallas, you know, for, for, for your top two guys that are kind of not performing to their best and you have goaltending, that's just not quite as strong. John Klingberg is your, is your scapegoat. I mean, I know he didn't play, he hasn't played the greatest hockey as of late, but um, you know, he, he, he's battled, man. And it's just unfortunate that Dallas is, is, is not giving him the, uh, the appreciation that he deserves. And it's unfortunate when those type of marriages kind of break up and it seems inevitable at this point. Um, but where he ends up is the bigger question. So look, look at those top teams that I mentioned, but um, that is, that is all I got. I know that was a long segment, but it, it was fun. You guys just, it's kind of your guys fault because you guys just keep bringing the great content. I love it. You guys are just too good at this now. We're all hockey guys, apparently. Clearly. Oh, hockey guys. Let's take another quick break, and we're going to let Tyler continue scratching his throat like a weirdo. But when we return, we're going to talk NFL playoffs, finally. Welcome back, everybody. NFL playoffs. It was super wild card weekend, which was not very super because out of the six games we had, there was probably only two good ones. Maybe the NFL should stop having seven seeds play because seven seeds suck, a.k.a. the Eagles. Yep. One, th- one thing I have to say, there were six teams that lost. I think there was a bigger loser than any of those six teams that lost, and that's the entire NFL fan base. What a fucking disgrace. For th- Here's the thing. Wild card weekend has always been four games and usually about two of them have been good. We get six and we still get two fucking good games. It's, it was a shit show. It was a fucking shit show. And it was embarrassing for the NFL. In my opinion, like Steelers, you did not deserve to be there. You did not fucking deserve to be there. And if you ask me the, I mean, the Cardinals game, that, that type of game happens, they would have made it anyway. Uh, the Eagles get like, I'm sorry, Tyler. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> Come on. I don't, Come on, I don't man. know. I... Uh, and the, the Patriots bills. I mean, that, that happens because the Patriots still would have won, but like guys, you were supposed, I was expecting at least one more good game and it didn't happen. And it was so unfortunate because the two best games were played in the, in the afternoons of both days where more, most people are doing other shit. It's the night games that matter. And the two good games did not happen at night. What the fuck, dude? I mean, the biggest loser depends. was the NFL and the rest of us fans. It depends. Even if more so than your Eagles. Fan huh? of the Bills, if you're a fan of the Bills, you thought it was a great game. Of if you're course, a fan if you're of the fan Chiefs, of these teams, it was a great but, not, game. but 
But us casual fans that just love football, we got fucking bent over. <laughs> okay. It was like the guy I boarded. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. I, did, I I literally said that before I had you get on your soapbox. Well, hey, I need to go on the soapbox, guy. man. I, it, it, was, it was festering. Jaden needs to be it. heard. This dude is sweating. He's sweating. He's red. He is a tomato. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, let's actually look at some playoff matchups here. We're going to go in order based off game time. So we're going to start on Saturday. Saturday at 1.30 p.m. We got the Bengals facing the Titans. The Bengals game was actually a good game. They're coming off a 26-19 winning over the Raiders, which is awesome. Fun to watch. And the Titans had to buy, obviously, because they're the number one seed. Trading, who's going to win and why? <laughs> This is this is a tough one. I mean, you're getting it's interesting because because the numbers this these two teams are quite similar. I mean, they're they're not they're they're actually they're actually below average in both in in most in most cases. Whether you're talking about um, defensive passing or or rushing offense, depending on who you're looking at, they're both in different aspects. They're just not very strong. And then obviously, obviously, you're getting back. Uh, Tennessee's obviously getting back their um their their big boy and Derrick Henry. It, it, Cincinnati had a, had a, had an easy schedule in my opinion. Um, and I know they look good, but, but they haven't looked very good against good off uh, against really good defenses. Um, and, you know, their defenses has struggled against really strong teams and the Titans, at least as of late, they weren't very strong, but they're getting Derrick Henry back. Um, they have arrested AJ Brown. They have arrested Julio Jones and the Titans rank very strong on the rush against or with Derrick Henry in the lineup, not very good without him. And in my opinion, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast, the football, the playoff football starts on the ground. And, and in that respect, I think the Titans are going to win simply because they have a stronger running game. Uh, and, you know, no, no, no slight to Joe Mixon, but it's Derrick Henry, man. Like, it, it, do you it's think Derek he's going to be okay? Do you think after and, missing and all this I, time I do think he's going to be okay. And here, and here's the thing: he's going to be good enough to 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 instill some play action. He's going to be he's going to be a threat downfield in a, in a sense. So they're going to be covering him. Joe, Julio Jones is going to be opened up. AJ Brown's going to be opened up. Like, all of a sudden, your your offense changes, and now you're now you're dealing with you're dealing with a little bit stronger offense. That being said. Oh, and on top of that, the 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 Bengals ranked last in um, in first downs on defense. I mean, again, like if if you just if you let the ball go forward and the first down, they're always going to run the ball. If you let you know seven yards happen every single first down, there's just no way you're gonna you're gonna win the game. And the clock's gonna run down, and but before you know it, the Bengals are gonna be going on to another 31, 31 years of no playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Tyler, do you agree or disagree, man? I disagree. I'm liking, I love that. I'm liking what's going on, Cincy, man. I, I, I'm loving it a lot. Okay. I, I think the Titans are one of the most overrated one seed in the recent Oh, memory. I agree with that. Like, I mean, fucking, what the fuck? I'll, I'll clap okay. to you on that one. So, okay. Cincinnati's got some swagger. They're bringing some sexy back to the NFL, man. They, they <laughs> just got something going on there. That's brewing. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, all those guys, man. They're they're playing some really, really great football, and it's fun to watch. And I think if any team can take on the, the number one seed, it's, it's these Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I no disrespect to Tennessee, well, a little bit of disrespect to Tennessee because I just <laughs> I just fucking dissed them, but I do think that this Bengals team is going to beat Tennessee um, in this game. Um, there's got to be some upsets here. I don't know how many more there will be. 
Um, I, I think this one is, is I think the close, I don't want to say the closest matchup, but certainly one of the ones that I think favors, honestly, the road team the most, I feel like. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bengals taking on the Titans and uh, making it to the AFC Championship game, which fucking let's go, Cincy. You're, I still think your uniforms suck, but I do like your team. So go Cincy. So Tyler just said the Cincinnati Bengals are sexy, but their uniforms suck. I Interesting. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's all about how you play. I mean, if you're winning, you look sexy, baby. <laughs> I just I, – I fucking hate orange and black. I mean, for obvious reasons, so. I think it's, it's not that obvious. They look me. like a bangle to me. Yeah, it looks like a bangle. I don't know. They don't look like a yeah, giant. Just, what do you I mean? mean it just orange. <laughs> orange is the nastiest color in the world. I just don't want anything to do with it. Obviously, he is low on vitamin C. Clearly, <laughs> you can tell that right well, there. Orange juice is fucking yellow. <laughs> so, what do you want? James, who, who do you who do you got? Who oh, you got? I got the Bengals, dude. Wow, I got the Bengals. I yeah. have full faith in Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase. Reason being. The Bengals have a good run defense. And what do you need to run play action for the Titans? You need to have to be able to run the ball with a banged up and might be rusty Derrick Henry. If you can't run the play action, Ryan Tannehill can't really throw the ball. You saw that. You know that's going to happen. Uh, Julio Jones it might get hurt on the first play because he's too old to even run. And on top of that, the Titans defense have allowed the eighth most passing yards in the league. And what do the, the Bengals like to do? They throw deep. They throw deep often. When you have somebody like Jamar Chase just blazing down the sideline, just making sure that you, he takes the top off the defense, it's going to be really hard to defend. And Joe Burrow has no problem airing that ball out. No reservations whatsoever. He's like, F it. He's down there somewhere. That's literally a quote from him. That's what he's going to do. And I, I, Titans are overrated, man. So oh, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not, so not going to fight you. Not for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting for this game to bet against them. Like I'm pro- I can't bet against them. I'm not, I'm not saying I'd bet for them, but I'm not betting against them this game. I'm definitely betting against them next game. No doubt. Yeah. If they're win. not winning this one. So it, it's some it won't be anything point. to bet, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. The Bengals are bringing sexy back and the Bengals are moving on to the next round. Yeah. Moving on to the next series we got going on here, this playoff game. We have the San Francisco 49ers facing off against the green Bay Packers Saturday at 5 15 PM. It is a night game, so this promises to be a good one. Thank Tyler, you. give me your thoughts. Who's going to win and why? All right. This is taking a lot from my character to actually, like, say this. But I think the Niners are going to win this game. Okay. No way. Tell me. Oh, Here, here's why. Here's why. 40 th- minutes. Go for it. Yeah. Here's, here's, what I, here's why I think so. Okay. A lot of times you see this in across the sports in general. Momentum is so huge when you're going into playoffs. And it doesn't matter what seed you are. If you're playing – your best football at the right time, you can beat anybody. The 49ers are playing great football. They went on the road in a must-win game in Los Angeles and beat a playoff team in the Rams. They went on the road in the first round of playoffs in Dallas and beat the number three seed Dallas Cowboys. Why can't they build off that momentum and go into Greenbow, Greenbow, Green Bay? <laughs> I'm freaking Forrest Gump over here. Green and Lambo. Green Bay and beat the top seed in the NFC and ride their way into an NFC championship game, man. Honestly, this Niners team really doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean, they, oh. they're just playing great fucking football. They have um, – their, their, their defense is playing incredible. 
Their, their, their offense is doing enough to get the job done, and that's all you really need. I mean, Samuel was a fucking playmaker and a half, dude. This dude is fun to watch. I love watching this, 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 this dude play. And like I said, I'm really hoping that this goes well. I, I, I want the Niners to win because I also want the Rams to win, obviously. I would love a fucking Niners Rams NFC championship game. How fucking great would that be? How fucking juicy, juicy would that be guys? So I, I I feel sorry for you, Tyler, because if the Niners win and the Rams win, the Niners have beat them the last six times they've played. That's a great setup, right? Great story. Six times in a row. No one. So is, so is Jimmy Garoppolo versus Tom Brady. That's also a great story. I mean, a lot of people want, a lot of people want, freaking Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I get it. Like I part of me wants that too. Like two, two, two of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation going at it for a trip to the Super Bowl. But man, I dude, I I'm I for, honestly though, I really do think that the, the, the Niners have a great shot of winning this game. They're just playing they're playing lights out football. And and they've shown it. They can win on the road against really great teams. And obviously this is their biggest test, but they they passed two great tests so in 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 the, in the last two weeks. For me, as a fan, like I said, like Niners are a team that I do not like, but I have to admit they're playing great football and they play great football in hostile environments. So far, it probably was not a hostile environment, but <laughs> Dallas certainly was. Um, so why can't they go out to Green Bay and be, and take down the Packers? Why not? That is the beauty of the way the Niners play football is that it can sustain almost any environment you put it in, mainly because it's a power run based offense. If you have a power run, you don't necessarily need to have snap counts. You can go off a silent count and just run the ball down people's throats and shut the crowd up. That's how the Niners play everywhere they go. It can face weather. It can face hostile crowds. It can face anything right now. They're rolling. Trayton, you got anything else to add? Yeah. Green Bay's uh, ranked 22 on defense and 28 against the run against a run centric, very creative offense um, in the Niners that has whose offensive line is looking unstoppable at this point. Um, they have the best tight end in the world. Um, they have Trent William on the offensive line. They have who probably could win MVPs if, if it wasn't only going for quarterbacks. Um they do have they do they uh Debo is gonna slam Greenbow. I mean that's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> um he he can do his thing. The the Niners finished top seven in both offense and defense. Yes, I think the P- Packers offense is better because you know you have a you have more of a reliable quarterback, but it's cold out there. I know that that Aaron Rodgers lives there, but here's here's how you beat Aaron Rodgers. You run the ball, eat the eat the time. And what do the Niners do best? Run the ball and eat the time. Before you know it, the first quarter is going to be five minutes left and Green Bay is finally going to have the ball. After 10 minutes of eating the time, that's how the Niners are going to win. Just keep the ball out of freaking Aaron Rodgers' hands. Simple as that. It's it's this, this, and you know, it's unfortunate because Aaron Rodgers is not even going to have a chance to face his demons because he's not even going to be able to get to the conference championship. The 49ers and Packers played in week three. The Packers won 20 to 18. Hey, we're looking at, we're looking at a completely different, we're looking at different teams on both ends. I don't think Green Bay is looking the greatest as of late. And I don't, and I think the Niners haven't looked better. I mean, the, the Niners, and here's the thing. The Niners are built for playoff football. Do you want me to say it again? It starts on the ground, guys. That's how you win playoff games. And they're good. And who's going to run in Green Bay? Nobody. 
nobody's going to run, especially against this front defense. It's just not going to happen. So I'm I sorry, Green Bay. Real fast. I'm sorry, A-Rod. I'm going to add to that about the week three thing. Let's just take a look at the personnel the 49ers had when they lost by two points on a last-minute drive by Aaron Rodgers. Their running back was Trey Sermon. Raheem Mostert was out. Elijah Mitchell was out. They were missing three offensive linemen. Their starting corners were DeMondre Lamore and Josh Norman. Right now, we got Emmanuel Mosley, we got K. Wan Williams, and we have Ambry Thomas, who's been a revelation. I, I, the only thing I do worry about defensively is the, is the secondary is a little bit porous at times, especially against, and they may be even a little bit scary against an Aaron Rodgers team. But again, you're going to bleed the clock. Like it, he's not, he's going to have to be throwing for his life. And it's, I'm, I just don't, I actually, I actually would bet. I, you know, I think the, I think it's a seven point spread might be a seven point spread for, Oh, it's a six point spread for the Packers. I think that, I think that the Niners are going to win outright bet the money line, dude. It opened up as a 3.5 spread, but then the news of Nick Bosa came out and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo having a shoulder sprain and it dropped to six. So chances are both those players will be playing on Sunday. And the biggest X factor, 100%, is Nick Bosa. Not Joey take, Bosa. Take, take your six Nick points. Like, like, take it now because it's cheap. It's cheap yeah. money. Cheap. Absolutely. I'm glad we all agree on this. 49ers taking the dub. Let's go. Moving on to Sunday's games here. Starting off strong at 12 p.m., a.k.a. lunch or brunch, whichever you want to do. Right. Rams at Bucks. The Rams just came off a 34 to 11 win against the Cardinals last night. Wasn't really much of a game. Kyler Murray cried a couple of times. That Rams defense was absolutely hostile to them. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. I don't think I've seen a defense that vicious in a very long time. The Bucks, on the other hand, won against Tyler's Eagles. That also wasn't a game. The Eagles didn't score until the fourth quarter. Honestly, I, if I could watch something else, I would have, but it was the only game on, which is unfortunate. 31 to 15, final score is not indicative of how the game actually went. Traden, who's going to win and why? Uh, you know what? I, 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 think, I think the Rams secondary is going to do him in, dude. And I think, I, think, I think that Tom Brady is going to do his Tom Brady things, and he's going he's gonna to look he, – he can still sling the football, and I think that, I think that they can win that way um that that being said la looked very very good um although i I gotta say the cardinals just just they they did not wake up for that game so i i don't know if i can really give a lot of credence to the fact that they they looked that good i think that the actually the it's weird that the cardinals made the rams look really good does that make sense like the the cardinals really played a terrible football game kyler murray pulled the carson once yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And well, it, it also <laughs> doesn't Carson help that, that it, it also doesn't help that the Cardinals' <laughs> offensive line was was a, was like a sponge, like it was a, it was holy, it was porous as fuck. Tampa Bay is just not. I, I think they're gonna have a stronger offensive line. Um, although that being said, Aaron Donald did give Brady a, a, a really hard time, and um, and so I, I I do worry about that. It's just as of late, I guess. Taking out the Cardinals game, the, the Ram, as we said before, the Rams were, were kind of going the wrong direction. And even though the Bucks weren't looking extravagant, they, they were at least finding ways to win games. And, um, you know, I think this is actually a close game, but I do think the Bucks are going to are going to come out on top. Um, it's going to be close still. Tyler, your number one rushing offense was doo doo. The Eagles were bad. The Bucks made the Eagles look bad. They held the Eagles to 96 yards rushing, dude. 40 of which came in the fourth quarter when it didn't matter at all. And 30 of those 40 were because of Jalen Hurts running the ball and a scramble. 
because he was getting pressured. That was a terrible call. Terrible. And you can shit on me for my next pick later, but that your pick was bad. Your, your pick was just as bad. So tell me, who's in a win the Rams or the Bucks? The Bucks who demolished your Eagles team or your favorite Rams team? Um, yeah. So first of all, to speak to the Eagles, um, Philly, this was the worst thing you've ever done to me. I mean, what's this? What, what the fuck? Like, I, I genuinely believed that they would have made that a game. I really did. Um, I obviously hyped them up and more so than I, my confidence really was. Like, I did not really expect us to win wholeheartedly going into Tampa Bay against Tom Brady. But I definitely expected this to be a fucking football game. The fact that we scored 15, 15 charity points is an absolute embarrassment. It really shows you that how far Philly has to go to uh, be a contender in this league. It's not even close. It was really disappointing. I was very sad. I was really, and I kept trying to like say, no, it's okay. Like we're good. Like we'll for a second half team. We'll figure it out. It just got worse and worse and worse <laughs> and worse and worse. Um, so thanks Philly for making me look an absolute asshole. So I'm uh, probably not going to wear Eagles gear for at least a few months, but I'll definitely be supporting you come next season. Right now I'm pissed off. So um, that was a real bummer. Um, with this game and also with the Rams, thank you. Thank God for winning yesterday because I really needed a win because we had the, we had the Eagles there on Sunday. We had, we had our hockey team lose the championship that night. The Kings lost by four goals to San Jose Sharks that afternoon. I needed a fucking win. So thank you, Rams for winning last night and not winning in dominant fashion that I, I needed that confidence boost. Um, when it comes to this game, um, man, I, again, like what version of the Rams are we going to get? Are we going to get the version of the Rams that absolutely dominated Arizona last night? Or are we going to version of the Rams that can't seem to fucking do anything right? Um, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. Um, I'm tired of betting against Tom Brady. So to be honest with you, I honestly think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. If I'm being perfectly non-biased with you, um, I think it's, I, like I said, I hope it's a good game. I, I want it to be a good game. I want the Rams to win. I, I, I guess, as I said earlier, I would love a fucking LA San Francisco NFC championship game. I want that. So I, I'm rooting for the Rams whole, wholeheartedly here, but my confidence with this Ram uh, for me, it's gotta be like, they got their defense has got to win this game for them. It's not going to be the offense. It's, it's going to be defense. If they can play the way they did last night, against this, this Tampa Bay offense, they're going to win this game. But can they do that for four quarters against Tom Brady? I don't know. And can Matt Stafford make a few mistakes against a really good defense with, 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 the, uh, with the Bucks? I don't know. So my confidence with this Rams team is not great. Um, it was great that they beat this kind of, you know, shaky Cardinals team uh, yesterday. But, you know, God, it's t- Tom Brady in the playoffs, man. Like, I, 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 I want to believe in them, and I, and I do, kind of. But at the same time, like if I'm being honest with you and trying to pick a winner of this game, I'm going to give the Buccaneers the, the, the edge here by a slight margin. Um, but I'm full on bleeding Rams blue that whole game and I'm rooting for them the whole the whole way. But man, it's it's, it's just I'm, I'm sick and tired of like pretending that I can predict when Tom Brady's going to lose. So I'm just maybe I'll predict roll there, maybe he'll you'll just fucking well, who knows. I, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, the Bucks defense is good at stopping the run. In order for the Rams to do something good and take pressure off Matt Stafford, you got to run the ball. And not going to lie, Cam Akers looks good. Yeah. I'm so surprised that off good. that eight Achilles tear, he's explosive and he has speed. 
very impressed. Like that first run he had, that was a 30-yard burst yeah. on the left-hand side off the left guard. I was impressed. You can't do that against the Bucks though, because the holes are not going to be that big. And then when Matt Stafford gets flustered, he goes back to Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford throwing picks. And the Bucks secondary ain't that good. But if you make a mistake against the Bucks, Tom Brady will capitalize, no doubt about it. With Even with only having Mike Evans, he ha- he's so good. It doesn't matter who else is out there. Scotty Miller? Sure. Cyril Grayson? Sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't what, matter. Six receivers? He hit six receivers in the first quarter or something? like. Yeah, dude. He was just spreading it around, doing Tom Brady things because he's so masterful what he does. You cannot predict when Tom Brady loses. Don't even try. (laughs) Looks like Bucks are moving on, unfortunately, Tyler. It would have been cool to see Niners, Rams. But Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo would have been cool too. Last but not least, the last game of this playoff slate in the divisional round, we have the Bucks at the Chiefs Sunday at 3.30. This is going to be another really fun game. And, yes, I did make a huge mistake in saying that the the Patriots are going to win after the Bills had a perfect, absolutely perfect, offensive game and i mean to be honest even if the patriots had a chance you can't you can't stop a perfect offensive game mm-hmm. so that's why i'm saying that like the eagles loss was a little bit worse than my loss against the patriots because the patriots weren't even my team from the get-go and it was a perfect offensive game you can't do anything about that i'm sorry perfect absolutely perfect never punted once crazy uh the bills won by a lot i don't even know what the score is because 47 I to 17 a little Yep, a lot too little. And the Chiefs played against the sorry ass dudes with Big Ben, 42 to 21. Um, the Chiefs pretty much scored every which way possible, just messing with the Steelers. I think at halftime, Big Ben had five completions and Patrick Mahomes had four touchdown passes. Uh, that's the story right there. It wasn't even a game. The Steelers should not have been there. Uh, but Tyler, who's going to win and why? Yeah, this is probably my favorite matchup of this of this division round. I think it's going to be fantastic. These kind of these, I feel like these teams have been trying to, you know, battle each other for the for the AFC heavyweight for the last two or three years here. Um, I'm gonna go. Fuck, I, I I'm gonna go with the Chiefs on this one, guys. I I, I really really want Buffalo to win, just with, with that fan base and just with how how hard they fought. Um, but I just the Chiefs team, man, they just. They look unbeatable, and I just I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the home crowd Chiefs team there. Um, they've looked like they're the well, they top home field didn't matter. I didn't say it mattered. I just said they're the home team. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm gonna go yeah with 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 the Chiefs here. They they've looked like their dominant Chiefs selves the last you know two months really. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to have the the, the Chiefs of this one. With the with the asterisk of like hoping for a Bills upset, but how are they going to defend Josh Allen's rushing? They have I, a weak I, defense. I, I I don't think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think I, I never think, said it was. I know, but I'm saying like I don't think it really matters. I think the Chiefs are going to outscore them anyway. Josh Allen can run 150 yards, bro. I mean, and then pass the ball to yeah. Stephon Diggs. Sure, but I mean, like I said, you, you got Patrick Mahomes, and and and, and that high pied offense. You, you, how how are you gonna? How are the Bills defense gonna stop this Kansas City Chiefs offense? I, you the know, Bills the, defense is better than the Kansas City defense. I don't know. I just that you could say that about any team, but I I, I feel like the, the I feel I feel like, I feel like the Chiefs offense is better than the Bills defense. Period. And I just they're 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 I I I think it's gonna be a shootout. 
Um, and it, if, if we're talking shootout, like I'm going to trust the Chiefs in that pretty much every time. Jay, what are your thoughts? Well, I hate to break it to you, James, but the Chiefs defense has been the top 10 in the last eight weeks, both, both on the pass on the end on the, on the round. Um, and the last eight weeks is half the season. And that's, that's a, that's a concern for, for bills, for, for bills fans. That being said, this game, this is the AFC championship. Let's just put it that way. There's, there's no chance that the Bengals or the, or even Tennessee in Tennessee is going to have a chance to beat the, either one of these team, two teams. We, we get the, we, we get the AFC championship a little early. Santa came early boys. Um, and, and that's the reality of it. These two teams have the top quarterbacks, some of the best weapons, um, the defenses that have been kind of, I mean, the, the, the Bills defense has kind of come come a little bit sideways in the last eight weeks, unlike the unlike the Chiefs who have got, who have trended up. We're seeing, I, I don't even even bringing up stats doesn't even matter because it seems like the Chiefs in the first eight weeks or the first, whatever I know it's like seventeen whatever uh, or eighteen whatever um, the first ten weeks or whatever did not look so hot and then all of a sudden a, a, a switch turned on and then we we look at the other side and you know the Bills have been kind of consistently strong but they but their defense has kind of come a little bit sideways uh, as of late and both teams can score. Um, and that's, and that, and that's the reality of it. So, uh, you know, in the last eight weeks, the chiefs are the, the, the number one passing, um, offense. Um, and that, and that's pretty crazy, but on the ground, the bills are number one. So it's like, what are you, what are you getting here? You're, you're, you're dealing with a team that you're dealing with a game that could very well be a shootout and both defenses are going to, you know, at, at the end of the day, I don't think the defense wins championships. It's going to be elite offenses that beat elite defenses. Both of them are very strong defensively as of late. Both of them, uh, at, at least maybe not as of late for the Bills, but they're they're t- they've been kind of strong all season. Um, both have elite offenses and have the ability to mo- to move the football. And at the end of the day, I, I just think that the Chiefs have been there. They know what they're doing, and I think that that experience alone. And I know that that's such a weak, weak excuse, but I think that the experience alone of winning and being there is, is in the favor of the, of the chiefs. I want the bills to win, but this is going to be a three point game. This is going to be so fucking close. It's going to come down to the last drive and a kick or something. Um, it might even come down to some special teams. And, and I, in my opinion, I think the chiefs have a stronger special team and, and it's weird that we even bring that up, but that's important in games like this. So um I have to give the edge to the Chiefs marginally. So for me, I think the, the offenses for both teams are very similar. You have a quarterback who can throw. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen can both throw really well. You got some great receivers. You got Stephon Diggs, you got Emmanuel Sanders, and now you have the emergence of Gabriel Davis. On the other side, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Byron Pringle. Do you really have a number two option there for receiver? Not really, because you have Travis Kelsey, which is cool. Travis Kelsey outpressed as that number two receiver. On the uh, Bill's side, you got Dawson Knox, who operates as the number one like red zone tight end in the league. On the running side, you got Josh Allen and the emergence of Devin Singletary, who's actually doing really well. And you have Jared McKinnon and CEH. They, they match up really well offensively. But the one thing that Kansas City does not have is a mobile quarterback. A mobile quarterback is hard to defend. And if you can't account for that, it's really hard especially right now with a mobile quarterback that can throw because most mobile quarterbacks that you can see right now, the Jalen Hurts, the Lamar Jacksons, they don't really throw that well and that accurately, but Josh Allen can. That is hard to account for. 
that's the only other, that's like the biggest differentiating option there. And Traden said that the Chiefs have been there, they've done that. And Andy Reid was asked this question, like, since you guys have been there, done that so often, is it just, is it, do you still have the same motivation to do so? And he replied with the analogy of a chocolate cake. He said, if you have a piece of a chocolate cake and there's a piece of chocolate cake right in front of you, you're going to want it again. And I'm like, man, I love food, but sometimes if it's the same piece of chocolate cake, I don't really want it. I want some variability. I want something else. So they're facing the same monotonous winning all the time. Like they need another high. Will they, will, will they get it right now? Because as of late, they've been doing well, right? They played against the Steelers. They, they did well. But in the games preceding that, there's always been this sense of, yeah, they'll just turn on whatever they want. And they kind of struggled. The team they played the last couple, three weeks, four weeks of the season, there was like, yeah, we'll just turn it on whenever we want to. So let's just play around right now. But then they struggled to turn it on. And they looked good against Steelers, but it was the fucking Steelers. True. Come on. Do, do, you, do, you, take, do you think there's any value in that embarrassing Super Bowl loss last year. I mean, that's 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 your that's your apple pie. That your opposite of chocolate cake. That's something different. And now they have something to prove. Do you, is that enough? I think they're losing sight of it, man. If if that was enough, they wouldn't have had the lulls they had during the season. They've lost sight of that. They got to remind be reminded of it sometime. They should have lost. If they had lost in the last three or four weeks of the season, that would have been that that switch. But because they've been cruising with dubs so often and so easily it's like all right we'll be we'll turn on whenever we need to but when they get the back pushed up against the wall against a rushing quarterback who can throw how are they going to respond i don't know there they, I, I you could argue that they're that the beginning of the season was enough of that jolt i mean they, we i sat there with you next to me and said is this the same team that we're used to seeing and that was like week four and you even you said just calm down it's early and all of a sudden i was like oh, okay I see what you're talking about. Is that enough? Is that I don't enough? Think of it your... is, man. Because they just based off me and watching the eye test, they it doesn't feel like they have it. They're always there's always that sense of let's just turn on when I need to be turned on. But it's not a switch, dude. You gotta warm up to it somehow. You can't just get into the zone like that. There's preparation that needs to be involved. They don't have that right now. I don't think they can just turn on when they need to. They haven't been tested. Hey, I'm that being said, I think the Bills are gonna win. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, that's my upset. Pick look, the, the reality is, I don't know if that's that's either even an upset. I mean, according to the to Vegas, this is an upset. But dude, this is this of, of all the games. I think this is the tightest game that we'll see. And I'm glad it's Sunday at three thirty. That's kind of nice. Yeah, I wish it was Sunday night though. That's a bummer. Yeah. That well, being I'm- said, with the f- six teams left over right now, who's gonna make it to the Super Bowl and why? Really fast, or just who's gonna make it to the Super Bowl? Don't give me why. Trade. Uh, Niners and Chiefs. Tyler. Buccaneers, Chiefs, rematch. Rematch? Okay. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's a rematch without AB. Yep. That being said, we're going to be like AB and get the hell out of here because it's the end of the episode. Thank you for sticking around. We appreciate you. It's a longer one, definitely. A lot to talk about here. Um, but thanks for sticking around. Hope you have a great week. We had a great week. Hope you enjoy some playoff football, watch some basketball, watch some NHL. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.